you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. everybody it's monday december 19th 2022 welcome to the nfl fantasy football show it's me your man mg marcus grant joined by michael f florio and the specialist cast of dozens that was put on this show each and every day each and every week how long do they help us put on this show uh they throw a pretty good holiday party too oh man they do they really Friday do. was a fun time you know uh shout out to uh, christy stapleton sean kelly who emceed it and lost his voice in the process but uh, a good time was had by all this past friday night hopefully a good time was had by you and your fantasy playoffs this past week there is still one more game to be played in week 15 the monday nighter between the packers and the rams but uh after this how are you feeling about the the way your teams came out uh i on saturday i literally thought my fantasy seasons were going to be completely over, but then Sunday happened, and uh, I, I ended up coming out on more on top than than I did having teams get eliminated this week. Yeah, I think I'm I'm doing okay in the, the playoffs that I'm still in. I have to go back and check and make sure that nothing weird happens tonight to potentially boot me out of it. But I'm feeling okay uh, about a lot of things. We will, of course, because it is a Monday, give you our five biggest takeaways from the weekend. We'll have some waiver wire targets for those of you who are still contesting your postseasons. I have mattered movers as well plus we'll spin things ahead to 2023 we know for a lot of you your fantasy season might be over so we'll look ahead to next year and play a little bit of real or mirage with what we have seen in recent weeks time now for some fantasy headlines and big news out of philadelphia tom pelicero is reporting jalen hurts sprained his throwing shoulder in the third quarter sunday against the bears now the injury isn't considered long term but hurts is playing status for saturday's game against the cowboys is in doubt so if jalen hurts misses the game i'm going to go out on a limb and say we're not starting gardner Minshew. but what does this mean for the rest of philadelphia's playmakers it's not great. I mean, Gardner Minshew is obviously a big downgrade in a really tough matchup against the Cowboys. A.J. Brown is A.J. Brown, so he is still always in play. Devonta Smith kind of becomes a boomer bust, a wild card option, I, I would say. Dallas Goddard maybe could return in time, but I, I don't know if I would be 
gearing up to get him into my lineup this week. Miles Sanders, I guess, would still be in play. My bigger question is, like, if he suffered this in the third quarter, why were you still running him? Why weren't you using Miles Sanders? Why weren't you thinking about the fantasy players who need Jalen Hurts this week? Nick Sirianni, you've been on our side all year long, and now you let us down in the biggest spot of the year. But, no, seriously, one, uh, let's see. Hopefully this is not a long-term issue, as they suggest, and that he's back really soon. But I'm with you. A.J. Brown's the guy you start. Everybody else is very much up in the air at this point. You really are sort of trying to make your best gut decision based on the matchups here. I would stay away from Dallas Goddard. I'd be very leery about Miles Sanders. Devontae Smith is kind of the guy you flip a coin and you sort of live or die with the decision there. Ian Rappaport is reporting that Jonathan Taylor suffered a high ankle sprain versus the Vikings on Saturday. JT had just one touch before leaving the game. Now, Rapsheet says Taylor is still meeting with doctors but it's considered highly unlikely that he will play again this season. We'll certainly dive into some waiver wire options to help you in case you lost Jonathan Taylor. But with him out, who's the guy in Indianapolis? Is it Zach Moss who got a whole lot of work or is it Deion Jackson? I think it'll be a split of the two. I think Zach Moss will lead the way on the ground. That's what we saw this past week. He played two-thirds of the snaps in that game. He had 24 carries and one target. Deion Jackson played a third of the snaps, but he had 13 carries and one target. This was a game where the Colts were playing from ahead throughout, though. I don't expect that to be the case week in and week out. So if they're trailing, I still think Deion Jackson is the pass-catching specialist, the one that can get you the points because Matt Ryan is going to dump the ball off a whole bunch. But I think Zach Moss will lead on the ground. So really both are kind of in play for fantasy, but obviously neither one is going to give you what Jonathan Taylor was giving you. They were playing from ahead until they weren't. <laughs> they were, of course, uh, what happened on Saturday, the Colts famously lost a 33-0 halftime lead, coughing up the biggest lead in NFL history as the Vikings came back to win in overtime. But I'm with you. I think Zach Moss is sort of the guy who's the straight ahead kind of between the tackles runner. Deion Jackson's that change of pace. Pass catching back there. So I think we're going to see a split there. Although I will say that the schedule the next couple weeks for the Colts is fairly running back friendly. So we'll see how this works out for both of those guys. That turns us to the biggest takeaways from the week. The five things that Florio and I learned collectively. And uh, what was the first thing you came away with from this weekend? The Jacksonville Jaguars have arrived like not only in the sense of like they're playing great football like they are a game back of their division right now <laughs> and they still play the Tennessee Titans and they have the easier schedule of the two teams like this could be a playoff team at the end of the year but Trevor Lawrence right now is playing absolutely great football and watching him yesterday uh, and the last couple of weeks it's by far the most comfortable he has looked at the NFL level not just going through his progressions and the throws he's making but throwing defenders off his back, keeping plays alive with his legs, even running more. He just looks like the guy he looked like in Clemson. Zay Jones has been great. Evan Ingram has been great. Christian Kirk has been great. So much so, Marcus, that I made a poll on Twitter this morning. Would you start Trevor Lawrence against the Jets on TNF? And running away with it right now is yes. Like wow. people are, and, and spoiler alert, I'm probably going to have him as a start and start to say <laughs> Look, he... This was the test for me, was mm -hmm. against this Cowboys defense. And what I saw from him in the previous week showed up again this week in that when pressure's coming, he's finding a way to buy himself time to get out of the pocket, to throw off platform, and be effective with it. Now, he did get away with a couple of things, no doubt about it, but he was still better you know, than he was not good, if that makes any sense. So I, I'm definitely with you, and the Jaguars have really shown up, and they look like the team that – uh, I think people thought they could be when they drafted Trevor Lawrence. In Kansas City, the Chiefs have two usable running backs. We have spent all this time debating, should it be Isaiah Pacheco? Should it be Jarek McKinnon? And the answer is yes. And, you know, <laughs> the last couple of weeks, we have seen you know, both of them play really heavy snap shares. It's actually been, I think, over the last three weeks, McKinnon at 55%, and it's been Pacheco at about 41 or 42%. So they're both on the field quite a bit. Now, Pacheco is definitely more of the running back, with McKinnon getting a lot more of the targets. Their ceilings have been certainly different. Uh, McKinnon over the last few weeks is averaging about 20-plus points a game, whereas Pacheco is around, around 12 or 15. But the point being, they both got stable floors. They can be used in certain situations, and they play in an offense that you know is going to score points. Throw in the fact that you've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire tweeting about hanging out in a duck blind <laughs> uh, and losing connection to not see the end of the <laughs> Chiefs-Texans game. Uh, look, I, 
as long as it stays a two-man rotation here, I think I don't think we have much to worry about here. Yeah, and, and Pacheco looks like a you know a guy you could start as like an RB two or whatever. Jarek McKinnon looks like a league winner potentially, mm-hmm. getting all like he's been their top receiver in two straight games. It's it's wild. It's been amazing because Travis Kelsey is obviously the number one target in the offense, but it's been Juju Smith-Schuster and Jarek McKinnon kind of battling it out for that second spot. What else have you learned from the weekend? That Justin Fields is officially matchup proof. And I wrote about him as a start last week. And we were getting a bunch of questions. At least I was uh, on Twitter like, oh, they're playing the Eagles. They allow the fewest points to quarterbacks. Can we start Justin Fields? And I told everyone who asked me, yes. And I started Justin Fields everywhere that I had him. And he went out and he rushed for over 70 yards for a fifth straight game. He broke Lamar Jackson's quarterback record. That is now the longest streak uh, by a quarterback. But... He scored 23 and a half fantasy points against the Eagles, and it could have been a better game because he had that touchdown run where it would have been the run of the year, in my opinion. He just stepped out of bounds. If that's a rushing touchdown, we're talking about him approaching 30 fantasy points against the Eagles. I think this was the last box to check. Like he, We know to start him every week. We know his ceiling is super high, but can he do it against one of, if not the best defenses in football? He went out without his top two receivers and did it. So, yeah, never even consider benching Justin Fields. Start him each and every week. It'll be amazing to see what happens if the Bears get him some actual receivers to work yeah. with going forward. But he's been amazing uh, for a long stretch this season. Speaking of receivers, I want to thank the Cardinals wide receivers for their service in 2022. <laughs> because I think it might be a wrap for them at this point. That's DeAndre Hopkins. It's Marquise Brown. You know, If we see Rondale Morgan, it includes him as well. Uh, look, Kyler Murray was enough to keep those guys going. Even Colt McCoy, you felt like maybe there was still some hope. McCoy leaves the game against Denver on Sunday with a concussion. He's going to be in the protocol. We'll see whether or not he's available for this week, although I'm skeptical at this point. Trace McSorley is the guy who stepped in there. And McSorley in his time went 7 for 15 for, I believe, 91 yards. And a couple of interceptions. It feels really hard to start any Cardinals receivers for the rest of the year. This offense has just collapsed. The Cardinals officially eliminated from postseason contention, which, by the way, uh, it's the second straight year that in-season hard knocks has just – their subject matter (laughs) has fallen apart (laughs) in their hands like so much sand on a beach. You know, I just – Maybe you start Nuke and you hope for the best. You hope that the floor stays relatively stable. But I'm I'm very terrified of having to start any Cardinals right now. Yeah, I, I think that would be my approach. Like, I would start D-Hop probably unless I had another good option. But, like, Marquise Brown is someone that I have in multiple leagues. And I'm considering dropping him because I'm like, I don't see myself starting him again. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think James Conner, too, might be someone you have to start. Yeah. But you don't have to love it. Yeah, I think Connor gets some value just because they may lean on him a little bit more. Short passes, running the ball, that, that might help him a little bit. Speaking of running the ball and throwing short passes, uh, you got one more. Alvin Kamara, man. The Saints are ruining him. Doesn't stop you from starting him next week against the <laughs> Cleveland Browns, though, because I think this is kind of what we can expect from Alvin Kamara here. He had 21 carries, which is, like, great, but just two targets. And this is what continues to be the thing for Alvin Kamara. Like, we haven't seen his upside in so long because outside of one week, he doesn't have a touchdown this season. And then, I mean, in that one week, he had multiples. So that, that kind of came through for you. But they're not throwing him the ball really much either. Like two targets yesterday, three the week before. He has a couple of games here and there where he'll get five plus sprinkled in. But for the most part, it's been low volume in the passing game. And 12.4 fantasy points against the Falcons, like sure, that's a solid game. But like I think we anticipated a much, much larger number. We anticipated a huge number. By the way, we are coming up on the anniversary of his sixth touchdown oh, game, yeah. which happened on Christmas Day. Uh, so that's that's coming up. And, man, I, I long for those days with Alvin Kamara. We are a ways away from that. Top performers for Week 15, Josh Allen doing Josh Allen things, nearly 36 fantasy points, and that's where they lost fumble. Could have been even more had he held on to the football. Jarek McKinnon continuing to stay hot, 34.2 points for him. Zay Jones going ballistic, six catches for a buck 09 and three touchdowns. That was nearly 35 points. George Kittle with a pair of touchdowns going back to Thursday night. They got you over 25 points. And despite gagging up a 33-point lead, a couple of Colts, Chase McLaughlin with five field goals, 20 points, although maybe the five field goals is part of the reason they got caught. They 
converted those into touchdowns. Maybe they win that game. I don't know. And the Colts' defense, seven sacks, two picks, a fumble recovery, a couple of touchdowns, 21 points there. So when you talk about who lost the game, um, I mean, they maybe have something to, to blame, but maybe not all the blame goes on the defense there. They no, I think Matt Ryan deserves uh, – Jeff Saturday and, and Co. deserve a lot, of, a lot of the blame as well. I also think that, that game should have got two coaches fired, one Jeff Saturday for, for <laughs> coffee to believe it, two Josh McDaniels, because you're still the only coach that has lost to Jeff Saturday so far. <laughs> I think that you should have sealed both your coaches' fates, but that's just me. Let's talk some top performers, though. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you talked a little bit about him at the top of the show, but – now is really solidly slotting into that QB1 spot where, as you mentioned, folks are saying, forget the matchup. We're just starting Trevor Lawrence anyway. Yeah, like I know the Jets are extremely hard matchup on paper, but the Cowboys, even as of right now, after what Lawrence did to them yesterday, have allowed less fantasy points to quarterbacks than the Jets did. And Jared Goff yesterday had a decent game against them. It would have been a lot better had he not underthrown Jamison Williams on what should have been a long touchdown. If that connects, we're we're not even like we're talking about Jared Goff potentially as one of the top scorers. So I think you continue to ride out with Trevor Lawrence and Kudos to you, Marcus, because you were the only person in this building that <laughs> predicted that the Jaguars would win that game. I, you know what? I, I did have to like take a little victory lap about that. Uh, we do the weekly predictions here, and everybody had the Cowboys. I decided to zig where others zagged, take the Jags. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing a little bit on, on Monday morning. Dalvin Cook. I know he's been sort of underwhelming for long stretches of the year, but he was a guy that we both liked this week. And it took a little while for him to get going, but 95 rushing yards, 95 receiving yards, and a long touchdown catch and run. And this looks like the Dalvin Cook that people probably spent the top five draft pick on this year. Yeah, and if you were able to make the fantasy playoffs, he gave you a huge output on Saturday, probably helped a ton of managers advance into the next round. And this is, look, I know he's been very, he hasn't been exactly Dalvin Cook this season, but this is why with a big name like that, you just start them each and every week. You don't ever think twice. You just put him back in the lineup because the ceiling is high for a guy like Dalvin Cook. And uh, maybe this is the start of a run to get you through your fantasy postseason midway through our day as we were prepping for this show and, and everything else we do on Sundays uh, our producer Hytham Kalani put in our Slack channel that he was upset that he didn't start Latavius Murray and I had only been halfway paying attention to the Cardinals and Broncos and I went and looked at the box score and was like oh snap like Latavius was having himself a day 130 rushing yards and a touchdown I mean, I know for some running backs that seems like, yeah, so what? But for Latavius Murray and that Broncos offense, that's a big deal. And I think he had a chance to really swing a lot of matchups for people who started him this week. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I sat him everywhere I had him because I was like, no Russell Wilson. They're just going to keen in on the run. It didn't matter. 24 carries, a buck 30, a touchdown. And that was with Marlon Mack still scoring a touchdown. So I it depends on the matchup. Like Latavius Murray is not a guy that you could just start every week. But next week against the Rams and what should be a competitive game. Yeah, I definitely think Latavius Murray's in play, but also start all your running backs against the Cardinals. Start all your running backs against the Cardinals. I think you can start a lot of running backs against the Rams. And I'll tell you what, Latavius Murray has turned out to be a really good midseason pickup for the Broncos. Obviously, losing Javante Williams hurts. They let go of Melvin Gordon. And Latavius Murray has stepped in there and done a pretty good job in an offense that has otherwise been pretty awful. Last one. It's a tight end. The Buffalo Bills tight end figured out how to really put things together when his team needed the most. It was Dawson's week. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Uh, but he, he had himself a day against the Dolphins. Six catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and he's actually putting something together the last couple of weeks, which I had sort of given up on Dawson Knox, but it's nice to see him come back and be productive. Yeah, I had him as a streaming option last week, but it was more about the matchup. I, he is playing better as of late. Next week, they get the Bears, though, and the Bears have been much better against tight ends than they have, like, receivers and, and running backs. So, like, I don't think Dawson Knox is a must-start option or anything like that. It would depend on who your other options at tight end are. It just, you know, tight end continues to be a roll of the dice, and you hope that your guys can get a couple of targets, maybe a touchdown. But it was good to see Dawson Knox, who was a, a big fantasy favorite last year, step up in the start of the fantasy postseason. Those are the guys who were good. Who were the guys who were not? Who was your disappointment of the week? Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, and pretty much all of the Chargers. Uh, I thought that was going to be the top stack of the week, and oof, I was wrong. Mm. 8.7 fantasy points for Justin Herbert. Quarterbacks who finish with more 
Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, Taylor Heineke, Mitch Trubisky, Andy Dalton, Brock Purdy. I mean, just a who's who of like, <laughs> these guys could all be backups at some point next season or something like that. It's been a very up and down year for Justin Herbert. I thought he was figuring it out. I kind of thought the theme of this season were going to be like the seat, the players who struggled early on for you were going to kind of win you your league late. And I thought Justin Herbert would be like the face of that. And if you had Justin Herbert this week, there's a good chance you got bounced. That game was so weird because it was going back and forth. And I looked up and in the third quarter, it was still 7-7. And I'm like, what is what is going on here? Just There were no points to be had in that game. Uh, I got a couple of them. One is Miles Sanders, who apparently uh, must have gotten some angry tweets from uh, gamblers and fantasy managers alike because he uh, fired back on Twitter, which, one, don't tweet at players when they have bad games. They know they had a bad game. They don't need to hear from you. But, two, at some point I'm, I'm also sort of over players firing back. Like, the whole conversation is just tiresome. But, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Miles Sanders looked like he had a great matchup against the Bears, and it just didn't happen. One catch for minus 13 yards. Gah! And lost a fumble, 42 rushing yards, got you fewer than two points in what seemed like a smash spot against that Chicago run defense. I mean, I was all over Miles Sanders, said he was a must-start this week, and he turned out to be anything but. So you might have been bounced from the playoffs there. Another guy who disappointed in a big way was Dalton Schultz. And, and I've been on record as saying I thought Dalton Schultz was going to be a fantasy playoff hero. Instead, he just has two catches for 15 yards, and it was Peyton Hendershot who catches the touchdown. In fact, Dak Prescott really did us no favors with the touchdown throws he had. Two to Noah Brown, one to Peyton Hendershot. I do think CeeDee Lamb got in there once, so that at least sort of helped out a little bit. But otherwise, uh, thanks, Dak, for not helping at all. So uh, apparently me starting Miles Sanders and or Dalton Schultz was a rookie mistake, which gets us to rookie mistakes. This is when we go to the Twitter machine. You tweet us at NFL Fantasy. Tell us about the things that went wrong in your lineup. And we tell you whether you had good process or you, if you were just out of your gourd for uh, a few minutes there. So let's start with this one from Perry, who says, Should have started Devonta Smith instead of Devonta Adams. Don't think that was crazy. I mean, why wouldn't you start Devontae? Although, why couldn't you have started both, I guess, is the yeah. question. I, I was going to say, I had Devontae Smith as a start, but you, I would have... I you could ask me again this week which one of these two should I start? It's Devonte Adams. Like you yes. never sit Devonte Adams. So I I know this this stinks for your season to end this way, but you can live with it. You can live with it. I mean you you made the right decision. If it had to come down to those two guys, you picked the right guy. It's just that the Raiders didn't do you any favors, nor did the Bears secondary. So Perry, that one's not on you. Uh, you you can if it makes you feel any better, know that you you made the right choice. Next one, this one coming from. Andrew Holy Cross. Is that your real last name? That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, started Geno Smith over Kirk Cousins. Cost me my playoff game and season. You know what? At halftime, you probably thought you'd made the right decision. Yeah. You probably did. <laughs> for, for what it's worth, I mean, you could start listening to us a little bit more because we were talking Geno Smith as they said. I had him as yeah. they said. I, I know we talked about it a lot on the show, and, and we both like Kirk Cousins a lot. I like Kirk Cousins over Geno Smith. I mean, I don't think it's a horrendous decision that you did that. I just wouldn't have wanted Geno on a short week against the 49ers yeah. defense. I, I thought Kirk Cousins was going to have a better game. I didn't realize Kirk was going to go from, like, negative .4 points to, what, 32 or yeah. whatever it was in a half. So, uh you know, I would have gone Cousins, but I don't think you were terribly crazy off in making that decision, Andrew. Let's see. Moving on. Curdy, thinking the Bills defense was going to actually do something other than give up a gang of points in the snow. Well, in your defense, it didn't snow for like three quarters. I don't know if that helps at all. This is a mistake that I think a lot of fantasy managers have been making. The Bills' defense is way too highly rostered and started. Like, they are not a good defensive unit. They're super banged up, but they've been getting ran all over. They've struggled uh, on third downs, which lead to a lot of points. Like, I had them as a sit against Miami. This week against the Bears, maybe, because the Bears just give up a bunch of production of defenses. But the Bills should not be just treated like a weekly must-start. I think, I think everybody's still... Remembering last year's Bills mm-hmm. defense, which was lights out, even though they had some injuries last year, too. But I think people looked at last year's Bills defense and thought, oh, yeah, that's a really, really good defense. And not realizing after a while that, no, this isn't the same. It's not the same unit. They've had injuries. They've been getting, as you mentioned, run over. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I mean, I guess maybe you thought the weather was going to have an impact, which, side note, we could talk about this in the offseason. Maybe we should stop 
trying to bank on weather too because we don't do a good job at that. Nope, at all. I mean, we have hard enough time predicting I, players. Let's not predict weather. Who tweeted it? But they were like, no one's ever made a good lineup decision based on weather. No, what? seriously, it's true. You you never really have. Last one. Adriana starting Fryermuth over Ingram, Ooh. one and done in the playoffs, lost by 0. .5. Oof. I'm um, sorry. Yeah. Again, I don't think it's a terrible decision. I mean, I, I think Ingram had a, I don't know. I don't know if it was a great matchup, but Fryermuth, I thought, had a decent matchup, too. I don't know. I probably would have played Ingram like I had him as a start, but I can't blame anyone for starting Fryermuth, who's been getting so much volume. Losing by .5, no matter what decision you made, is going to hurt. When you lose by .5, you look at you analyze every single roster mm -hmm. decision you made, I, and you're like, I could have switched this. A couple years ago, I lost a championship by .4. I still think about it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I feel your pain, Adriana. Uh, you know, I'm sure that's one you're going to sit with all offseason, and there's nothing I can tell you that's going to make that a whole lot better. What I can tell you to hopefully make your life better is that we're going to talk some waiver wire picks, help you replenish that roster if you are still competing for your championship. That's after the break on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. 
Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Let's get some of the top waiver wire targets for the week. Florio, take us through your list. A couple of New York quarterbacks if you're in need of a streaming option. Daniel Jones in a great matchup against Minnesota. Mike White if he's able to suit up in a great matchup against the Jags. Some running backs. Obviously, Jarek McKinnon needs to be picked up right now. Zach Moss and Deion Jackson each should be picked up with a good matchup next week against the Chargers. Tyler Algier is actually the running back I feel more confident in right now in Atlanta. And then James Cook continues to just get some more run, has a good matchup next week. Some pass catchers, Darius Slayton because of the matchup. Chris Moore because of all the volume plus the matchup against the Titans. Jahan Dotson uh, has been doing more as of late, but he gets a tough matchup. Traylon Burks, don't forget about him. He was playing great before he got injured. Richie James, again, just a deeper option because of the matchup. Russell Gage, if you're going real deep at receiver. And then Jawan Johnson, who scored, came back, scored two touchdowns. I think people forgot how well he has been playing. And Chig Okonkwo against the Texans, if you're going a little bit deeper at tight end. So there you go. There are some of the options there. If you want a little bit more in-depth, you can check out Matt Okada's weekly waiver wire column at NFL.com slash waiver wire. But let's talk about some of these guys. Jarek McKinnon, I mentioned the Chiefs have two usable running backs, but Jarek McKinnon suddenly looks like the guy there. Uh, he's running the football. He's catching the football. I think he's the clear running back one in Kansas City. Yeah, in the last two weeks, pending Monday Night Football, unless Aaron Jones or Cam Akers or someone goes off tonight, he's going to finish as the RB1 in two straight weeks with at least 32 fantasy points in each game. So when you're getting production like that, I mean, yeah, the floor might not be the safest, but you just obviously got to start this guy. You got to start this guy at this point. Plus, he's in a very good offense. So you know that the Chiefs are going to move the ball. They're going to score points, which always gives him an opportunity to be super productive there and just really doing a good job with the opportunities he's been given. And I always say this. We can figure out a two-man backfield. It's when it becomes a three-man backfield that things get a little bit messy. So as long as it's just McKinnon and Pacheco, I think we're fine there. K.J. Osborne, I mean, I don't know if it was lost in what the Vikings did on Saturday with their huge comeback, but K.J. Osborne was such a huge part of it. 157 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, this seems like a bit of an anomaly, but, I mean, real talk, is he worth rostering in the sense that can he start to earn more targets in this offense i think he's okay to roster right now to say like hey i want to put him on my bench see if he can build off of this game i'd have a hard time trusting him though in a must-win playoff game next week he had more targets against the Colts this week than he did in his last four games combined. So, like, I like Osborne. I like what he's doing. I think he's a better real-life piece for the Vikings. But I don't know if I could start him against the Giants. I just think right now it's hard for the Vikings to continually sustain that many options in the passing game. Justin Jefferson's always going to get his. TJ Hawkinson is going to get a whole lot. You know, and so I think you've got sort of Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne battling for targets when Dalvin Cook's still going to get some as well. So it was nice to see that. I don't know that I'm banking on him in the fantasy playoffs. You mentioned Tyler Algier as the Falcons running back that you trust. Yes, Cordero Patterson scored a touchdown, but it is Algier that's getting a lot of work there. Yeah, like they split the snaps pretty much evenly. This is what we've been seeing now for the last month or so. And Algier had more carries, 17 to 14. He also had a target but he did so much more with his production, uh, with his opportunities, 139 yards and a touchdown compared to just 52 yards and a touchdown for Patterson. And that's the thing. Ever since Patterson's returned, he's really struggled the yardage wise. Like coming into this game, he was averaging less than 10 receiving yards per game. Since he came back, he was averaging like 50 rushing yards per game. Tyler Algier, though, is much more explosive and doing a whole lot more. Yeah, he's, he's been that guy that's just been kind of hanging around this offense for a while now and uh, starting to get those opportunities a lot more frequently. We know the Falcons want to run the football, so that certainly gives him a little bit more upside in that offense. Uh, next one is Russell Gage. And Coming into the year, I liked Russell Gage as a sleeper, and it never quite took for a variety of reasons. And I don't know that necessarily you're counting on Russell Gage, but a pretty good game, a couple of touchdowns. Mike Evans still really can't find the end zone. 
Uh, I just I don't know that I trust the Bucks offense a whole lot, but Gage at least had a good week this week. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't trust the Bucks, but if you're this is like purely for deep league players because Julio Jones is out right now with an injury, so Russell Gage is the wide receiver three there. Again, in like a 12-team league, I, I would want no part of him. But anything deeper than that, you're just looking for guys who are getting volume, and, and he got it. That's that's kind of what you want there. But the Bucks offense really is not a thing that we can trust this year, which is sort of weird to say about a Tom Brady offense. Last one, you mentioned Juwan Johnson, who I had been liking. I'd been calling him a sleeper for a while, though I think at some point he just became a starter because he was getting so much volume. Back, uh, the four catches, a couple of touchdowns. Just a reminder that in a world where we want tight end production, he's been giving it to us on a pretty regular basis yeah i sat him in a league for chigakonkwo and it cost me it, i mean i ended up getting blown out anyway but it would have <laughs> cost me the week um and i i went back and i was like yeah i think people forgot how well johnson was playing like two touchdowns yesterday over 22 fantasy points but in four of his five games prior to getting injured, he was over 12 fantasy points with a touchdown in those four games. So, yeah, he's a little bit boomer bust if he doesn't get you a touchdown. The floor isn't super high, but no tight end, not many tight ends bring a safe floor, and he at least brings a high ceiling. He really does. So, Jawan Johnson, if you're still looking for tight ends or if you're playing DFS, uh, as a name that you should be remembering when you're trying to fill that tight end spot. If you are adding players, you are also probably dropping some players. So uh, who are a couple guys that folks can wave bye-bye to? Matt Ryan, because he was in play last week because of the matchup, and he didn't do a whole lot with it. He was, like, outside of the top 20 quarterbacks. You're not gonna If he didn't play well against the Vikings, you're not playing him this week against the Chargers, even though that might look appealing. And then Greg Dolchik, who... Got the Arizona Cardinals, the best possible matchup you can get for a tight end, and he did next to nothing with it. One catch, 11 yards, 2.1 fantasy points. If you can't start him and get production out of him against the Cardinals, that's it. Like, these guys who are streaming options, they're probably going to continue to be rostered because the teams that stream them probably lost. But <laughs> if you got by, drop them. Yeah, I think this is a week where you start to maybe take a lot of those roster percentages with a grain of salt because it's probably a lot of teams that, like, whatever, I'm done, I'm not there's no point in me dropping anybody at this point. For me, Michael Carter uh, is a guy you can probably drop just because he played a lot of snaps. He didn't get a lot of touches. He actually played the majority of the running back snaps for the Jets on Sunday, but had five total touches, and the matchups don't look great the rest of the way. It seems like this is going to be Bam Knight's opportunity in the backfield, and even if something were to happen tonight with no teams on by the rest of the way, there are probably a lot of other running backs out there that you are willing to start and play ahead of Michael Carter right now in this Jets offense. And Taysom Hill. Who I know he threw a touchdown pass. He's still rostered in like 60-something percent of NFL.com leagues. And I'm like, why? Why? Because the ceiling is incredibly low. Like maybe you get a hit where he gets you double-digit fantasy points, but you're not starting him uh, unless you're in like a 24-team league. Like I don't understand why he's still on rosters other than people are just trolling other people in the league. I don't get it. I, I had a friend who was like, Taysom Hill, I need upside. Should I play him? And I was like, no. no. And then he threw a touchdown. Luckily, I told I told my friend to play Dawson Knox. Oh, so see, that, there you go. So it but out. yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's not worth it. There's just there's too much risk, not enough reward to play Taysom Hill. You don't have to have him on your roster. NFL Plus is here, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. You can stream live, local, and primetime games on your phone or tablet, 45-minute game replays with NFL Plus Premium, and more. This is the NFL for every fan. This is football freedom. This is your game on the go. Go to plus.nfl.com and sign up now. We're going to play some Real or Mirage. You know how this works. We make a statement. We decide whether it is Real or Mirage, but with a twist. We are going to spin it forward to 2023 based on what we have seen so far in 2022. And I'll let you know whether or not the things are real or mirage. So let's start with Jonathan Taylor, who was the consensus 1.01 this past year. And I think we all agree was a disappointment in that regard. Now it looks like he's done for the rest of the season. So real or mirage, Jonathan Taylor is the first overall pick again in 2023. Mirage. He will be a first round pick, but he I don't even think he'll be in consideration for the first overall pick. I think we'll see like Austin Eckler. In that discussion, I think we'll see Derek Henry. I'm uh, not Derek Henry. Uh, Christian McCaffrey in that discussion again, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see like Justin Jefferson or, or one of the wide receivers also creep into that conversation. I'm not even sure if Jonathan Taylor goes top five off the board, but he will be a first round pick. I, yeah, I have a feeling he's going to sink to sort of the latter part of the first round, but he will still be a first round pick. But the thought of him being the 1.01 again is absolutely a mirage. Some of it has to do. 
Uh, I think with the offense as a whole, the offensive line is just not the same. And, you know, people just people have long memories. <laughs> They're not very forgiving in fantasy football. I, I can't wait for the is Jonathan Taylor injury prone conversations oh, that people gonna are going to have all summer long. Spoiler alert. They're all injury prone. They play a violent game. There's going to be that or the Jonathan Taylor overrated. Did we overrate oh. Jonathan Taylor after the first year? That, that's going to happen, too. <laughs> Real or Mirage? Deontay Johnson will never score again. Mirage, but man, is this starting <laughs> to feel real. Like, it, we're in week, heading into week 16. This guy has like 120 targets and he doesn't have a touchdown. He really might finish the year, though. Like, he might break the record most targets without a touchdown in a single season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I have to hope in his career he catches a touchdown again. <laughs> I think he's going to catch one again. So I do think this is a mirage. But I, I did have to laugh when I saw it because it's like, well, I had to think about this for a second. But, yeah, he's, he's going to. He's too good. He gets too many targets, too many opportunities. He is going to score a touchdown at some point. Maybe it is this year. Who knows? But it is sort of mind-boggling that he's gone this far and has not found his way into the end zone. So that, that is an absolute mirage. Next one. Geno Smith. Is a top 10 quarterback next year, real or mirage? I'm going to go with mirage. I think I, I want this to be real. Gino is playing so great. This also kind of feels like the best case scenario for Geno Smith right now. Um, also, like Seattle has a really tough decision to make. Do they want to draft a quarterback? Because they're going to have a very early pick getting that pick uh, from the Broncos. Or are they going to extend Geno Smith? We don't know really where he's going to be playing. I, I'm going to say Mirage, but I kind of hope it, I'm wrong on this one. I mean, it would be fun if it's real, but I don't think it is. I think it's going to be a Mirage. You know, you, you know, Drew Locke is still there. Uh, you know, do they bring Geno back? Do they draft somebody? Again, I, I say this: the, the Seahawks sort of backed into this. This was not their plan. It just has worked out in an amazing way for them. Although, with the Seahawks also fading down the stretch right now, you do wonder. Uh, you know what sort of things they do to retool this offense. So I think it's I think it's a mirage. Uh, if he is around though, I think he's drafted maybe top twelve, but I don't know if he's if he's a top ten quarterback. They wrote me off. I ain't right back though. Yeah, he's still not writing back. But uh, we'll see if we're writing back, uh, writing him next season, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, more Steelers wide receiver talk here. George Pickens will be a top fifteen wide receiver next year. Real or mirage? I think this is real. I am super bullish on George Pickens. I loved him coming into this season, and he has shown flashes as to why. Like, I truly believe that this guy can be an alpha wide receiver one, one of the best receivers in the game. And on, like, a weekly basis, he kind of shows us why I think that way with some of the plays he makes. He just has to get a little bit more consistent. The offense needs to be able to get him consistently the ball. I think that's the bigger thing. Um, but yesterday I tweeted, like, I can't wait to watch this guy develop. And someone was like, yeah, I think he already has developed. It's more on the quarterback. And I'm like, yeah, it's more on the quarterback. But this guy is still only getting better. And that is a scary thought. I'm going to say Mirage, but I think mostly because of the quarterback play. I think that's going to sort of hold him back right now. I don't think it's an ability thing. I think it's just a situational thing for him. And plus, you talk about wide receiver being as deep as it has ever been, and chances are we're going to have some guys that come in in this rookie class who can make an impact this, this coming year. So uh, I, I think he's outside of the top 15, but I think he is ascending. The arrow is certainly pointing up for George Pickens heading into next year. Last one. Garrett Wilson is a wide receiver one. This one feels kind of easy for me. This is real. I'm not sure if he'll be drafted as a wide receiver one, uh, although the fantasy community does fall in love with young players, so <laughs> and, and especially ones that they love to hype up, which Garrett Wilson checks off all of those boxes. He's currently the wide receiver 18 in a season that he was a rookie, obviously, and, and where he's had bad quarterback play for much of it. I think the Jets are going to address the quarterback position in the offseason because they're a playoff team if they do. And if they do, say they get a veteran, maybe Geno Smith or Derek Carr, someone like that. Even say they run it back with Mike White and not Zach Wilson. I I just think there's a path, a clear path for him to be a wide receiver. I think this is real. And, you know, even if it's Zach Wilson, what we saw of Zach Wilson on Sunday, now granted it was against the Lions defense, Maybe maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it gave me a little bit of hope. But I just think that Garrett Wilson has shown enough that he is the wide receiver one on this team, and he's going to get a heavy target share going forward. Now, hopefully, the quarterback play does improve because then that makes me feel a lot better about it. But I, I still think that even if, for whatever reason, the Jets decide to go back to Zach Wilson, 
that there's still wide receiver one possibility in play for Garrett Wilson. Yesterday was good. Zach Wilson's season, and it's like a microcosm. Like he had some plays where you're like, "Wow, I see why the Jets <laughs> like him," and then he <laughs> right. had others where you were like, "I see why he got benched." <laughs> right, exactly. So it's the uh, you know it's a tale of two quarterbacks. It was the best of throws. It was the worst of throws. <laughs> All of that. It's the season for miracles, and for the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, NFL Network is celebrating with a rematch for the ages. The Las Vegas Raiders play the Pittsburgh Steelers live in primetime this Christmas Eve. The holiday classic, December 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL+. Time for Madden Movers as we wrap things up here on the show. Which players do we think deserve a Madden ratings boost from what they did over the weekend? Like I always say, it's a chance for us to shout out some guys who had big weeks that we couldn't fit elsewhere in the program. So who do you think deserves some love on the Madden side? Joshua Kelly. I I know he didn't have a massive stat line, but uh, he carried the ball 10 times. He found the end zone and... There was a scare in this game where Austin Eckler left, went in the medical tent, missed a drive, was standing on the sideline with his helmet off. And it was like, oh, man, what if Austin Eckler misses time? Joshua Kelly came in and clearly got all of the work there. This is just another reminder that you want your top running backs handcuffs because something like Eckler could miss time. Jonathan Taylor's out now. Like You want these guys on your roster just in case. Absolutely, you do. And I said this earlier in the season, a thing that you know I had heard from Daniel Jeremiah, who the radio voice of the Chargers, that Josh Kelly just looked more like he's understanding what is asked of him and what the NFL game is. There were times last year where you know he looked like a rookie. He looked like a young player and uh, really struggled. But now he looks like a different, more confident running back. And uh, it's good to see him, especially in getting that opportunity coming up on this past Sunday. I mentioned Noah Brown because uh, while it worked out for the Cowboys, it was frustrating for fantasy managers watching Noah Brown catch a couple of touchdowns. But shout out to him for having himself a day. 49 yards, pair of scores in that one. He was a guy who was a deep sleeper, I think, for a lot of people coming into the season. And look, you weren't expecting a lot of big blow-up weeks for Noah Brown. In fact, I'm sure outside of the deepest of leagues or dynasty leagues, I don't know that anybody really has Noah Brown, and I'm sure – Few, if anybody, played him in uh, season-long leagues this week. But uh, it just goes to show the Cowboys do have at least a couple of guys who can catch the football, even if they were dabbling in the OBJ market uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Noah Brown did some some nice things. Still not picking him up, though. Yeah, not picking him up, but I think uh, Noah Brown maybe was feeling the heat from, uh, from T.Y. Oh, that's being, right. Uh, I forgot. in Dallas, so. Maybe there was one touchdown though where Dalton Schultz was wide open and Dak just chose to throw it to Noah Fan. I mean Noah Brown, <laughs> and it's like, come on, you couldn't give us one. You could you could have helped us out, Dak? I forget, and I forgot that the, they signed Eugene Marquis Hilton uh, over the past week. I did not know that was his full yeah, name. Yeah, that's his actual name. I'm not sure where Ty came from. I think it's like a nickname or something. <laughs> okay, yeah, something. <laughs> uh, Otherwise, uh, Chuba Hubbard. I, I was big on Deontay Foreman. He was one of my big disappointments of the week, too. But Chuba Hubbard had himself a decent day. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard had four carries for 10 yards yesterday, and that led the Panthers in rushing yards. But uh, <laughs> where he really made his his impact was in the receiving game. Three catches for 57 yards. Only DJ Moore had uh, more receiving yards. And Chuba Hubbard isn't someone that I think you want to like pick up and start but I do think he's like a quality bench running back right now that maybe you want to prevent someone else from picking up or that you just want just in case, you know, some of your other players miss time or something like that. Again, it's not ideal to be starting him, but he's just a depth piece right now. Definitely a depth piece. And it's kind of a reminder that I felt like a reminder for me, I should say, that I, I felt like that's where the Panthers wanted to go with their running game a few weeks ago. But I stubbornly stuck with this idea that Deontay Foreman was going to get more opportunities. And I think yesterday was that reminder for me that uh, Chuba Hubbard, I'm not going to say he's the future in the Carolina backfield, but given the choice between Hubbard and Foreman, it seems like Carolina wants to go the Hubbard route. Last one, uh, C.J. Uzama, who's a guy who used to show up all the time as kind of a streaming option, especially when he was with the Bengals. We haven't talked much about him because Tyler Conklin was getting a lot of that tight end work in New York to start the season. But uh, a good day for Uzama with a pair of touchdowns from Zach Wilson. I don't know if this means anything or if this was Zach Wilson throwing to a guy that what maybe he throws to in practice because he's sort of the number two tight end. But, uh, hey, that was great um, if you – played C.J. Uzama in, in DFS, congrats to you. We're not playing C.J. Uzama again. No, no. <laughs> I, I I would sit 
uh, Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama this week. Like. Yeah, I'd stay away from the Jets tight ends at this point. The Jets have not had a consistently good tight end in my lifetime. Uh, at least for fantasy purposes. So uh, congrats, though, to you, CJ Uzama, for having yourself a pretty good day on Sunday. Of course, if you subscribe to this show, and we certainly hope you do, you should like, you should subscribe, you should comment. All those things certainly help us out in terms of uh, our visibility and our ratings and spreading our message to the world at large. But you subscribe to this, you get five days worth of content in your podcast feed. So that's this show, it's the Q&A show, it's the Start Sit show. And you can find us in the NFL Fantasy app, the NFL Fast Channels, and on YouTube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. In the meantime, for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, one day, you're going to make the onions cry. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.